0: On this episode of Red Dirt America, I talk with Jason Bolin of Jason Bolin and the Stragglers about the new album dropping December 3rd, The Light Saw Me. It's a story of a time-traveling alien abducted cowboy.
1: In this story, it's what this guy has witnessed and then ran through town and told people, and then people come knocking on the door. I pledge allegiance, pledge allegiance. Pledge allegiance. Country music. So how you been, man? It's been
0: like, uh, it's been a while since I've talked to you.
1: I know. I know. It's been a, we were at one little outdoor show or something. Wasn't it the last time when you were on, yeah, on I, one of the radio yeah, I, stations?
0: Yeah, it was, um, God, it that was probably, um, uh, God, I don't know how many years ago it's it's been then. If, if we're talking about that show uh, from the other station that I was at, because that was I've been at this station for over ten years now.
1: Oh wow! No, I thought it was I thought it was some other station more recently, like the Stony and Parker thing, or uh,
0: no, it wasn't it? Wasn't it that? I, I, I know we talked on the phone um, the the album before this one that's about to come out. Yeah. That's the last, I think that's the last time I talked to you, but I don't think I've seen you in maybe five, six years.
1: Well, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> but, man, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about it, getting ready for this interview. I thought about um, the first time I picked you guys up in Corpus Christi for Concrete Street Amphitheater. Um, we're doing an interview. I picked the whole band up in, the, in our uh Mexican radio stations van that didn't have any seats in the back of the van and you guys had just gotten back from uh I think from Mexico, one of your trips in Mexico, and since there were no seats and everything, everything was kind of sliding around a little bit.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that ride over there. <laughs> we uh we just got back from an acuna show. Those were those were the Buck and Bronco days there.
0: So I wanna to talk to you about uh, this new album coming out December 3rd, the light saw me. I got to listen to it. I got an advanced link and I got to listen to the whole album. Um, I love it, but I want to start off by talking about the concept of this album um, because it's a little out there, but when you listen to the album, it makes sense. The album's about a time traveling alien abducted cowboy.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you come up with that?
1: Well, it's still just it's like you said. It's not really what the album boils down to be about. The album is just really about what anybody goes through: is search for meaning in life, what's real, what what feels like maybe we've invented. And so this guy gets zapped into the future, so he ends up going to try to find his love from the past, and you know, and sees like a a, a little spark in the future of her life force being, you know, manifest and it gives him a sense of, oh, okay, there's stuff connected out there and he can go on real simple story. If you really break it down to that, you know, very classic story to tell. So it's, uh, you know, just framed in a certain way to give a perspective of telling, you know, a real broader tale of what are what are we doing here? Who are we? What did, does anything have meaning? You know, just the basic questions we all ask ourselves.
0: Well, when I was listening to it last night, um, and and thinking about the storyline, it kind of reminded me um, of uh, you know Sturgill Simpson put out a couple of years ago the Sound and Fury one, and then he had an anime made of it that was on Netflix, and I was thinking, man. Listening to this album and and knowing the concept of the album, wouldn't it be cool if there was some kind of animated movie that went with this and this was the soundtrack for that movie?
1: Yeah, we are actually one of our the second video they're working on is actually some some forms of animation to the artwork. So there's there's some stuff like that in the works. And then we've talked with the original artists about releasing a, at least one off uh, graphic novel for. The album and then we have ideas of you know other directions to take it but you just gotta do one step at a time but you know everybody was always asking each album because the old joke is you got your whole life to write your first album and then 16 months or whatever to write the next every one and after your first album everything becomes thematic to some degree if you're or the people in your band are the songwriters because it'll end up being what everybody did throughout that period of time and the artwork will reflect that as well and so a lot of our albums seem seemed thematic anyway and we'd always you know been close to having something that tied an, an entire album together, but not for any reason and not for any effectiveness of the storytelling and getting into this and figuring out how much of the narrative versus the metaphor to tell, you know, how, like the song, the tornado and the full, the tornado is, you know, metaphor in that song for just whatever the, the, the man against nature, the man against, you know, something out of his control, you know, and that's within this, within this story. It's what this guy has witnessed and then ran through town and told people. And then people come knocking on the door, you know, and you've heard it all now. So then he goes off into the soliloquy area of talking to himself of why he does what he does. And then he's gone and there's nothing really about as you've heard, the, the UFO encounter, so much of the alien abduction, as, especially when it comes to when he gets zapped into the future. It's just the narration by Ken Lane, the host of Desert Oracle Radio, came in, and he's, he's the narrator on the album, giving a, an overview of the transformative light experiences that people have had. And that's what this turns out to be for this character is that he has an experience with the light and he's transformed by it. He's also transported by it in this story. So I just tried to tie it up in, in one album's time and it was, it was challenging, but it also gave so much focus to the project once we knew what we wanted to accomplish. And it was It was fun. It was the production of this album was one of the the best times I've ever had in the studio.
0: You got to work with Shooter Jennings on this album.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'd worked with him on Dark and Dirty Mile and had a blast. And then when we started talking with our management, who also, um, you know, there's two managers within their organization. One of them is Shooter's key guy and one of them is mine. And they just said, hey, he love to mess with this stuff and see where it goes again and I thought well there's nobody that'll get it any better nothing no more pleasure to work with than him so we went out there to the studio that he likes to work work working and just got it going it was a lot of fun went went fast smooth
0: well I, I find it fitting that you guys work so well together um You know, I've I've known you for a long time, and I've always thought when when you when I first heard you when you when you first came out, I always thought you had a Waylon-esque sound, you know. And and for you to work with with Waylon's son, you know, and and I know you've worked with him on Dark and Dirty Mile, but to work again on this album, it it seems kind of fitting to me because you've always been in that same kind of vein as his
1: dad. Yeah, I think it's just it's just growly outlaw music or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's uh, it's folk music that comes from comes from a country place and then dabbles in rock and roll. And, you know, it was also what Jerry Jeff did and that's just the people we always looked up to. So, and he, uh, he hung around musically enough around that tree and experienced life in the same terms as I did, you know, growing up. And I always, I always joked, you know, when, people talk about who a country artist is in the modern world will try to imagine being some of the early country artists that grew up that never heard acdc you can't unhear acdc right you know so within pop culture it's like well how do we approach this country aka rule based or whatever music and then you know and then in the pop version of it we see what happened it got distilled down to just dirt road pickup truck blue jean you know and it's the same thing over and over and over again it's just dance music so where does where does folk music go and this was just another small attempt to not not completely burn down the house and completely change musically what we do as you know me and my band, so it's just trying to find another way to keep ourselves interested and strike up a conversation about something fun.
0: And and you have a uh, you have a tribute to uh, your old mentor, uh, Bob Childers, on here.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, since the beginning, we've tried to always include a song by one of the songwriters as we got going. That were the the real inspirations and the encouragement to do what we do. And we've always tried to put something either by Randy Crouch, Bob Childers, you know, a couple of the guys that that really inspired, inspired us to continue on like within this, within like, what are you doing as a contributor to legacy of folk music and especially the legacy of folk music coming from Oklahoma. So, uh, that song oddly enough was one of his better known songs. And because of that, we all, you know, you're always trying to mind the, the B sides that nobody knows. So we, we had played that song a few times live here and there, but, uh, for the most part had never recorded a version of it. I don't think there's a live version out there that I know of, and it fits so perfectly. It's actually, in a way, it's the climax of the story when her eyes are closed, but still they held the light. The light being the life force of his wife from the past and realizes that, I mean, that would be the point within that character. I, I, I guess that when you were like, well, I guess if that was me, that we realize that there's meaning you know, and that's a—that's another thing I took from Bob Childers, and I was just talking about this with my wife the other day, and that was about how all of his songs are love songs. Um, he never saw there a reason to agree with dark energies out there as you're singing with people. Not that you can't have songs that are about sad things and dark things, but at somewhere make there be. Within the entire work, some form of hope or some form of light at the end of the tunnel. Otherwise, you just you're out there singing along with people, you know.
0: Well, I I will tell you after listening to the album, I I would think he'd be proud of this album.
1: I, th- I do too. I don't mean, think I think Bob would Dick the way we treated the song within the soundscape, and and he was always one about pushing the boundaries of where you are musically. And I think this song does that nicely and again, stays true in with who we are and gets in and out of your way in 44 minutes.
0: <laughs> well,
1: the, like the
0: album is, is, like I said, I, I got to listen to it. I can't wait till December 3rd gets here and it drops and other people can hear what I've heard. Uh, cause cause it, it takes you on that journey. Um, and again, like you're talking about, you know, you're not, you're not out there just saying aliens or stuff like that. You're, you're the way you're doing it is, once you know the theme, you could, you can, you can hear it and see it in your mind when you listen to this album.
1: Well, yeah, know? and like like his experience in the song "The Lights on Me," that's just that's about anybody having any form of experience, and we've all had something happen that we might not exactly be able to explain a certain way or another so uh, I think all the the themes throughout the album are universal and we we did a lot of thinking on this one as far as trying to catch yourself in problematic within again how much of the metaphor versus how much of the narrative do you want to put out there how much of it is just walking it through I look at it in a little three step album and that's the title song and the intro is the whole thematic prospect of the album. Right. Side, side one pretty much tells the whole dramatic problem, and you can take that as its own album. And then the rest of the album shows the resolution of, well, you find meaning where you can find meaning, and you move on with your life. You know, it's yeah. The, like the end of meaning of life of Monty Python. (laughs) Oh, here, be nice, eat some healthy foods and exercise, go outside. You know, it's pretty simple.
0: And, and uh, what a great reference too! Uh, Monty Python, probably one of my uh, my favorites. I I love the stuff. Well, that I'm they glad did.
1: I could trash the quote there. Probably you know, <laughs> I, that wasn't even close. But you know the part I'm talking about.
0: I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So the the light saw me is the first single that's out, and uh, it it definitely feels like a, kind of a nod to Hank Williams as well.
1: Yeah, it it definitely has that play on words within the the crisis that we all go through of search for meaning you know it it collapses down on itself of how we are as humans as far as this story we tell ourselves of who we all are and where we're going and these these stories of information that we that we basically live out and it collapsing on itself at points points when it becomes something becomes so real that absolutely feels surreal, you know, all the whole world happening at once in one moment, you know, and that's this transformative light experience that the narrator also refers to other people having it and, and their effects. And he even does call out, uh, Hank senior. So.
0: Yeah. Like, like I said, listening to it, you know, there's so many different things that I come away with. I even, um, and and you may not even go there, but when when I listened to it, I thought about you know how we're all coming out of COVID, ha- out of these last two years that that we've kind of been in this one place, and we've we're we're on this transformative journey to this other place because nothing in the world's going to be the same after COVID happened, and I kind of felt that listening to the album as well.
1: Yeah, that was that was a I don't know I mean it was just a coincidence I think the reason the reason it could happen the the thing that happened was covid we were we already were rehearsing this material when it happened but what happened was a crisis came about that brought to the forefront the same questions we all have which are you know no one no, no one really knows anything we all have beliefs and we all have faith and but for the most part like we look out and we see a a wider world than People had in a wider world view that people we we like to think, you know, tended to have in the past. And now we're we're looking forward and what all what all else is out there, you know. There's there's a underlying theme of that, but again, just trying to tie it down into accessible everyday songs at the same time. And the the whole point when you anytime you tackle any kind of weird subject. And that's even if you wanted to make a song funny, especially, which is a weird thing to go into, or not funny but topical and you know, wry sense of humor kind of song or something. When you go into that, you you walk a really weird line in in folk music of how you want to present it, present yourself, and and take it in whatever. Take it in once you take it out there and record it and give it to people, then you are going to, you're all going to play that forever. So <laughs> uh, you always want to make sure if you go into some of those subject matters that you don't lean too hard one way that you feel one day or another, you know? Yeah. You know, we, so I like discussing the broad, the broad concepts, because I think the acceptance of the concepts being very broad and vague, and maybe we don't all Understand completely what 's going on is the the really interesting part ultimately
0: so absolutely absolutely so let me get into a, a couple of different questions um, I want to ask you this and I, i've I've thought about this a, a a lot when I was trying to put together some questions and I w- I've always wanted to ask you this what 's something you get wrong almost every time you do it because we all do something wrong I mean we, if our wife's around, we know we do something wrong, but <laughs> What, you know, what, what, what do you get wrong every time you do it?
1: Uh, what do I get wrong every time I do it? I'm trying to think. Say I make pretty good coffee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't.
0: Mm. What would your wife say you get wrong every time?
1: I don't know. I'm pretty good. Hang on. (laughs) We can figure that out. (laughs) Hey, what would you say that I get wrong things that I do? Trying to judge the amount of something. Oh, trying to, yeah. (laughs) Trying to judge the amount of people that are in a room or a square footage or something.
0: See, she she had an answer like that, man. Thank
1: (laughs) you. Well, but yeah, but she's right. It's just something I couldn't think of. And yeah, and I've said it and admittedly, she's not calling me out or anything. That's, I can't judge square footage very well or the amount of people in a room or the, you know, sometimes like that. It's like, I don't know. They're 500, 5,000. I don't know.
0: And there's maybe 750.
1: I've gotten, I've gotten better at square footage. You know, I think I can judge it a little better now, but. Uh,
0: they always say measure twice, right? Cut once.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What's the uh, the dumbest way you've ever been injured?
1: Uh, I I'll go ahead and call this dumbest. I'll call it most laps of being a intelligent walking around human, and therefore dumbest. Because I'll just I'll go ahead and cut out like any time that I was. Enhanced or impaired, we'll say that.
0: Yeah, let's cut all that out. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, uh, when we were doing Live at Billy Bob's, uh, I was in the studio and it was one of those long, multi chambered, dark studios. And I hadn't shut the vocal booth glass door the whole time I'd been in there. And this one time I did. And We had been working and working and working and it was finally just, you know, in the studio, especially vocally, it's like, okay, there's a time to quit. Right. And then, and then, uh, uh, they, they'd say, come on in. And I, I just reached down and grabbed my drink and took like two, three full stride, hard steps right into one of those soundproof glass doors (laughs) and knocked out my two front teeth. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it was it was not fun and that's i will call that the dumbest way but man i've i most of the ways i've ever hurt myself have been on some level fairly dumb even in like even if i had to do it in retrospect and be like oh that was dumb because of this i can probably find a pretty good way it was somehow negligent <laughs> in mind my...
0: <laughs> so it, it, if they were to uh you know, you've been doing this a long time with the Texas music scene. So say uh, uh, Fred's Tex- Texas Cafe in uh, Fort Worth decides to do a Jason Bolin and the Stragglers sandwich. What's going to be on that sandwich?
1: Uh, who's making it? Uh,
0: Fred's Cafe. De- Fred's Texas Cafe okay. down in, in cafe. Fort Worth.
1: Okay. So I I don't know what all my... Food options are. I'm assuming, like, am I building a burger here? You're building,
0: you're what, whatever kind of sandwich is the Jason Boland and the Straggler sandwich? We'll we'll call it the Straggler.
1: Yeah. um, Pastrami on rye, probably with some deli mustard, you know, and then you can flip back and forth between the Reuben. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think a pastrami on rye.
0: Pastrami on rye. That's the straggler.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a good old beef sandwich.
0: And it's a standard, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like a good rye bread and like deli mustard and onions on it. Or if you get the Reuben style, you can get it, you know, with the dressing.
0: Oh, and you got to get the sauerkraut if you're doing it Reuben style. Yeah. All right. Russian last...
1: style dressing.
0: <laughs> there you go. Last... I'm
1: hungry. Thanks, man.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. I'm glad I could help out. So, last question, and uh, we'll end the interview on this last question. What song changed your life?
1: Mm. Uh. I hate. I hate to be real with it. You know, when you're just really talking about it and i'll throw in a little addendum to it but uh it's this is the truth probably copperhead road i think it was just a at the time of my life i heard it as a kid it was to where i thought no chance anymore for country music or anything like that bending away and it just it also exposed the not just that song but it that was the song that helped expose that there's way more of an underground out there than i i thought well if the radio is not playing it then how you know it must it can't exist and then it songs like that when you would come across them so now that was a big one and then the addendum to it is that part of it was it the great divide doing it just their their version as a again as a kid of saying what's well, these guys you know they're like in cowboy hats and why aren't you know it wasn't anything straight straight laced or real uh it wasn't too pleasant and too civilized it was a bit more rocking and a you know a bit more raw and i think it that song and their version and not not to say anything bad about the steve earl version i'm of that too it was just when, when you say a song that did change your life and then you hear it now and you're thinking oh yeah like sweet Alabama great song bro and but it's, it's true it's just at that time I'll never unhear that tune and think okay there's there's hope there's hope for things
0: well hope, hopefully somebody listens to one of your songs one day maybe maybe the light saw me and they think the same thing, and they think that that song's going to change my life.
1: Yeah, hopefully. You know, I like to think that every every song could have the, the weirdest, smallest meaning sometimes. Like um, the last album, Hard Times Relative. Just that title track song. You know, it's just a little wouldn't mistake it for something else kind of story. You know, I think you know it's got a nice little chorus. And then... That wrap-up ending of that song is just, you know, the point of the whole, whole song. Not every song, it's become this infectious thing to make every song this giant sing-along, bounce-along hit or something, rather than some are touching in this way, some are a little funny, some are dance songs, you know, and it's just, we have all this gray area to play with within Western music and everybody needs to just keep trying to play in that area in their own personal ways as much as they can to make it all sound as different as we can.
0: Well, the album comes out December 3rd, and this is definitely one people should pre-order. Um, it's, like I said, I listened to it last night and I was just, uh, I was moved by it. I'll, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I was, I was moved by it. And, uh, I'm looking forward to other people getting to hear this album. Thank you so much for taking some time to do this.
1: Thanks for having me, Chuck.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Red Dirt America, make sure you like and subscribe so you won't miss any more episodes. And if you'd like to, leave a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks, and we'll see you down the road.